Welcome back to Tonight Movie. I am Sarah, as always, joined with my dearly beloved older brother, Mr. Benjamin Turner. Today we are talking about the 2008 British drama film, Slumdog Billionaire. Mi- Slumdog Millionaire, sorry. It's loosely based off the novel Q&A by Indian author Vikas Swarp, directed by Mr. Danny Boyle himself. Ben, the plot, please. Film falls Jamal Malik, played by Def Patel, who begins the film with being a contestant on the Indian version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Accused of cheating for making it far in the competition, Jamal recounts the events in his life with the police that provided him with the answers. This is done through a series of flashbacks starting when Jamal was five years old, present day at 18. And now I, I first, I will say, I remember watch, first watching this movie a couple years ago. I think it was sometime in college because you had found it. And then I think we were, you had, were, no, you were in school and back, you were away at college and then I was still in high school and you had come home with this movie and we hadn't seen it. And then we, and then you played it. And actually, at first I did not fully appreciate it. I think I was also just like had other things on my mind at that time and just wasn't full, paying attention much to it and didn't fully appreciate it until I think about a year later when I watched it I'm like why did I wait this long to watch this movie <laughs> this is a it is a really good film I do like it I will say though it's one of the films I have to watch probably like once every couple of months because it, it, it's not really heavy I want to say um but there's kind of a lot going on and it kind of just hits you in a multiple different points so i kind of want to move on i just want to straight into the script real quick just straight into the script unless you have any other side things you want to add in no. like some i know sometimes you had some side things sometimes you don't um I w- nothing like really fully stuck out for the script to me surprisingly and this might be more of a cinematography thing but i like the transition that, that they would do between present day and the flashbacks that Jamal that was would structured have. very well. Yeah, very much structured well. So I guess that's more cinematography than actual script. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell if the, I. I kind of felt like there was kind of some dorky moral at the end. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so the main quote unquote critique is that this movie is a little too uh, Dickensian. <laughs> uh, I didn't hear that. What Dickensian? Uh, I think I'm pronouncing it right. You know, like takes too much after Charles Dickens. Have you read any Dickens? No. I haven't read much. Uh, Surprisingly, I have not. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I guess our high school didn't really need it. Uh, one of three of them. Bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that whole uh, classic rags to riches stories. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, that's all Dickens kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. that's... People this are is like, bit, yeah. oh, it's, it's, it's kind of... A lot of people like it because it is a... It's a it's the darkest feel-good movie I've ever seen. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. Because uh, it, it's definitely a feel-good movie. And that's where the, uh, but it's also very dark, which is where the Dickensian yeah. parts comes in. And that's a, a critique some people have of it, and some people have the script, where it's very much like, oh, well, in the end, the good guy wins. He get. oh, shoot, well. <laughs> Spoil- spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. Um, you know, they, they critique the ending, and they critique... Uh, how it, how it doesn't give you know deeper commentary, especially the last dance number, how oh, it doesn't yeah. you know Bollywood give deeper inspired, commentary yeah. on society and stuff like that, and it it in some people in some people's opinion it devolves quote unquote into a feel good movie, um, and I I don't know I I feel very uh I feel very strongly that calling it Dickensian in a negative uh, in, it, it is Dickensian not in a negative way though, mm-hmm. and I think that's why so many people resonate with the characters, and I think also that's yeah. why. This movie is still. I think it's going to be um, 
pop like the longer it goes on the more popular it's yeah, gonna get i did uh, it is definitely a sleeper hit yeah yeah um which i'm actually happy it is because it, it is a very good film mm-hmm. in a lot of different areas i just i have very mixed feelings about the ending i don't mind i didn't mind it but at the same time it kind of irked me in a lot mm. of ways because so long story short okay so little breakdown for this if you have not seen it and if not please watch it it is a overall it is a really good film and it kind of so as you said it follows jamal malik and then it starts out with him and his brother salim which i have a lot to say about salim so i will go on an entire tangent on him yes salim's point is is entirely a redemption arc yes and i love his complexity but Mm -hmm. i will get into that later and and also their friend latika um and how they all meet is, well, how Salim and Jamal meet Latika is, I think it was the Bombay riots. I think that that's what yeah. they were. And they lost their mother. And the two of them were running, just trying to figure out where. And they run into Latika. And they're about five. And they're about five years old at this time. And so the three of them, they kind of dub themselves the Three Musketeers, which goes, they start, which also plays towards the end of the movie as well. And the three of them just kind of get on this voyage of just straight surviving and trying to find money. And then kind of just goes up and down. And Jamal and Latika slowly fall in love with each other and everything like that. And then Salim has his own has his own thing going on, which yeah. <laughs> I again I I uh, I'm trying not to dive deep into Salim yeah. right now because I got a lot to say on this on the character. I didn't know how I felt with Jamal and Latika at the end finding each other because I kind of felt everything that they went to run through. I don't want to say it wasn't irrelevant. But it's like, oh, now everything's fine and dandy, despite the fact that she's heavily involved in this gang, and now he's one of the most, he's like the, one of the most richest men in India, and it, it just something felt incomplete. I don't know yeah, I what that. it was. I get that. Uh, or maybe I, just, I, I don't even know if it was too predictable. Right. Because you're kind of rooting for them the entire film. Right. So I actually, oh shoot. So that's a, a critique a lot of people had. That's one of the reasons why I like it. Because it's so dark. It is such a it's dark so, movie. And you don't and realize then, it's dark. Yeah. And then it like, builds up to a very happy ending. Happy-ish ending. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even for Salim, he actually has his own happy ending because his redemption arc is finally complete. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of what I like about it. I don't like... It makes it a lot more satisfying when they all find their own uh, when they all find their own ending. Mm-hmm. Granted, the, there's a good chunk of question marks going on, and like there's like, well, what about this? What about this? What about yeah. this? Um, and Danny Boyle probably could wrap that part up better, but <laughs> yeah, I, I <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's I'm, a, I'm a big believe I'm a big believer that when it, with a lot of feel good movies, you have a ending that is very much unearned. You have happiness that is unearned because oh, there isn't mm-hmm. enough darkness to overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of darkness was overcome yeah. for them to get to that point. Exactly. And again, one of the critiques a lot of people have is, well, that was, is it, it's too much of a stark contrast. See, that's what I love about it. But yeah, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, it's just. You're definitely not alone in it. <laughs> yeah, it's it. Yeah, it's one of the things where I didn't mind it. It just needed an extra something to make it complete. And what that is, I don't know. Right. Because it just, something about it feels very incomplete. We don't know if I would consider it a dorky moral. Like, I think it's like like a sliver. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little sliver. Yeah. But that's it. So, we kind of, like, briefly touch on the transitions between present day and flashbacks. And I think they actually did very well 
um, between alternating alternating them. Because sometimes, you sometimes see in films that it's just not done well. And you kind of get more confused on how it was. And I think, uh, how it got there. And I think that was the one of the reasons why it did so well in, like, showcasing the difference between flashback and present day. Is A, it showed the correlation on how the two are related. And B, it, it went in chronological order, starting when Jamal was five up until present day when he was 18 mm-hmm. they didn't go oh he's five here and then he's 13 here and then he's like eight here it just went five 13 15 18 or however old but it went up until present in, to, so past can lead up to present day and that's what i really liked and i'm like okay this does not require what, what's the word it was it wasn't hard to follow and i like that it was not hard to follow in terms of that sense and so that's how I think it works. Do you agree with that? And do you think there's or do you think there's another reason why the flashbacks and the present day worked? No. You said it pretty well. So it, it, <laughs> I mean, the game show all it is, it's it's a foil. It's yeah. it's the it's the MacGuffin for being a, this guy being able to look back on his life. Really the game sh- the game show is a purely plot device. It has nothing mm-hmm. thematic going well. I'm going to say it has nothing yes, thematic and, uh, going for you. And it does provide social commentary. I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and who wrote this? It was uh, Fika Swarp. He, um, he wrote that, the that book, was yeah. pro- That was actually a stroke of genius on his part. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he wrote the book. I'm not entirely sure if he wrote I, I mean, wrote it's, it's the general structure the of general it. Being, structure, able to, yeah. being able to structure. Uh, it's a very natural structure, too. I mean, that's. I think that's what, I think that's why it flows so well. And you're, you, all you're doing is telling a guy's life story. Yeah. I mean, all you're doing, quote unquote. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like the and usually, yeah, and you, and that's it's something that's been done dozens of hundreds of times at this point. And usually, it's not very good. <laughs> yeah. Simply because it's not structured very well and or, and in a very uninteresting way. Not very many, not very many good things are said. Um, but we're focusing on structure, I guess. It's a very just natural progression. It's like, oh, this is. Yeah, it's it, I, that's what I like about it. <laughs> Agreed. And it's a very good plot device. Very much so. And I will say I liked, in terms of just the camera shots themselves, I had a I had a kind of love-hate relationship. It wasn't more, I didn't feel like it was like the main source, which I, I think people would disagree with me on that. Um, in ter- not main source, but like main focal point. Right. Sorry, that's more correct term. And Danny Boyle has a weird cinema. Like, I, I need to look, I didn't check up if he used the same cinematographers. But I've seen this uh, 23 days later. 23 days later? 21. 28 days later. Wow. <laughs> uh, We're tired. It's fine. Yeah. I have 28 days later, actually. Another good film. You do? Yeah. And then he has a oh. couple. Uh, shoot. What else has he done? Do you want me to look it up? Yeah. It's like, well, because no, people can only name those two movies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, well, yeah, in, uh, shallow grave, transpotting, a lifeless. Oh, transpotting! There we go. Transpotting is actually amazing. Um, he yesterday. I haven't seen that. So I, I'm gonna use those three. He, his cinematography is like nothing special. It's kind of I almost want to say bland. Um, it's it's just so? it, it's it's just very white bread, and not saying that's bad. It's just. I don't, I'm thinking about all of it. Now I think about it. A, w- a lot of quick cuts, but they aren't very flashy. I think we both yeah. kind of noticed that. Uh, but other than that, I can't really think of much else. 
his uh the scene where Jamal in the beginning where Jamal uh falls into the poop. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> uh and then he his his single hand comes up with the figurine, right? That is a right? really good shot. Yeah, that that reminds me of the sh- crap. Yeah, it, it like reminds me of a shot in uh a shot in plane train spotting when um yeah, Owen McGregor was uh having to go off of What? Yeah, train spotting. It's about heroin oh, addiction. Oh, and train spot. Okay. Train, yeah, it's train spotting. Yeah. Actually, is a movie almost every single person should see, just so they can get a very tiny glimpse into the horrors of addiction, especially heroin addiction, uh, which is very apt ap- to the opioid crisis we we have today. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminded me of, the, of those uh, the scenes in uh, train spotting, specifically when Ewan McGregor was uh, getting was in detox and like trying to get off drugs and okay, like, it. it was a lot of the uh whack like i i can't e- i can't even describe it <laughs> yeah i have not seen just train say spotting so okay. um yeah and it's it's very uh yeah his his it's, cinematography uh, is like just those quick shots not flashy though and yeah. that's it <laughs> that's all i can really say about is camera work is it good though that it's not flashy because it's not meant oh, to yeah. be because I will say... I mean, what, what what's actually, the flashiest no, movie he's made? I can't even... Th- they're all, like, low-key dramas is, as far like, as I remember. Okay, this is, like, the only Danny Boyle movie I've seen, okay? Fair like, enough, So enough. I cannot answer I don't that. think he's done big-budget stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just had a thought. You mentioned Flashy. And when we see in present-day Jamal on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, that stuff, that's Flashy. And then when he's in, fla- and when he's in flashback mode... That's not flashy. And I think that kind of shows the contrast of where he's at in his life and the difference between the two. Interesting. See, I wouldn't even categorize... Uh, uh, that may have been un- unintentional, but... Yeah, I, I wouldn't even know- ca- just- categorize uh, the game show parts as flashy, though. Mostly because... Flashy in the sense of Hollywood or, like, like oh, bright yeah, stars. Yeah. Like, that like that type of flashy. Oh, okay. I, c- so, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. As opposed to when he was, t- like, growing up in his life in the slums. Um, and just bounce him and Salim and Latika like just bouncing around trying to survive and trying to figure out, um, like where they're gonna eat next and, um, where they're gonna sleep or how they're gonna get money. Right, right. And so the contrast between flashy versus non-flashy. Mm-hmm. And so like it's probably me overthinking yeah. it, <laughs> and like good. may have not been at all what you were talking about mm-hmm. but i yeah i will say i like the fact that it wasn't necessarily flashy in a lot of different sense mm-hmm. i will say though one of my favorite shots that they had is a when you have five-year-old jamal having the autograph covered in crap and he just lifts it, lifting it up be like yeah i got it like he's just so overjoyed and happy mm-hmm. and like kind of like spins around and then you know salim ruins it later but that's fine mm-hmm. um and then also the montage scene with him and Salim, Jamal and Salim on the train and earning money and they're kind of going around India. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's one of my favorite like cinematography guys and the two that stuck out the most along with the opening shot scene of that kind of just leads into personal favorite scenes, but I'll get into that in a second. And, you know, in the opening scene where it's like Jamal Malik is about to win, I think. Um, or he's on the final question about to w- could possibly win like 20 million rubi- um, rubies is that rupees yeah rupees sorry um, how did he do it and it kind of g- it gives you A, B, C, and D of A he's a genius B he's lucky C he cheated um, D it is written or something like that mm-hmm. it's like 
probably not i don't know if it's in that order but it's one of my favorite shots Mm -hmm. and just kind of it gives you a little bit of foreshadowing Mm -hmm. and it kind of makes you guess yeah jamal isn't smart he's so regular yeah he's just he's just an average dude yeah he isn't smart he He isn't uh strong he isn't charismatic he isn't charming even when Danny Boyle was going to cast uh, someone originally, he was trying to cast an Indian, yeah. and he found all the Bollywood stars were like too masculine and manly. Yeah. And he's like, I just want a regular dude. So he found Dev Patel on like a brick freaking British. Uh, what, it was on was Skins. His daughter, skins, yeah. His daughter watched Skins. Yeah, and he was like, I th- he was like a nerdy dude or something on there. Like, yeah, hey, let's let's go with this. <laughs> it worked well in his in the favor though. Yeah, Tim Patel's a, a great actor. <laughs> yeah, and he's overall Jamal is a very average person and yeah. even when the police are looking at him it's just like oh yeah it's like like doctors lawyers and everyone they can't get past sixteen thousand. how in the world did you do this you must have cheated and he's just like i'll tell you how i know these answers mm-hmm. hence then which leads into the events of his life story and he's just like i just know these it's average it's just you neither know it or you don't you don't have to be the smartest person in order to understand these and that's what i like about his character and I want to go into characters, but I want to speed through other stuff. I want to save characters for last because that just makes me want to go into Salim. Mm-hmm. So I will say one last thing on cinematography. Do not watch this on a small screen. I did that last night. Does not work. <laughs> <laughs> do I not get that same effect? Yeah. I thought you would, but you actually don't. Um, anything else on cinematography? No, I think that's good. And then my favorite op- my favorite scene was just the opening scene and showing um, the choices and the questions. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely my favorite. Oh shoot, that's your favorite. I, I liked it a lot. Right, right. And that's, I don't that's know. Good. It's just kind of for like I said, kind of like foreshadows a little bit. It makes you guess. It's like, oh, how did he do that? Oh, my favorite has to be uh when the game show host quote unquote gives him the answer in <laughs> yep. the bathroom, even yeah. though like because at that point I'm like, oh, this is so great. Everyone's rooting for him, and then you find out he he gave him the wrong answer on purpose, and he still gets the right answer. <laughs> I will say that's a funny because. Okay, so that actually leads into a question that I have. Like, that would have been... That got me in a different way. Like, I, I was like... I thought it was going to be an absolutely beautiful moment. Like, absolutely just... Oh, where the game show host was like, you know... The people need someone like you. Mm-hmm. And then he just totally craps on him. Yeah. I'm just like, you jerk. <laughs> but the game show host is very self-centered. Yeah, I was really hoping that he was going to be the fun, like, kind of like the guy secretly rooting for him. Mm-hmm. But, and he wasn't. That's probably my one, like, uh, but at the same time, it makes the next moment very powerful, so. Yeah, he's more yeah. just like, ha! It works. It works pretty well, actually. It's still like, oh, that would been so cool, though. So that actually leads into a question I have. I would have made a different choice. It's just, yeah. I'm disappointed in the, char- yeah, in, in the character. In the character Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of leads into a question that I had was, what do you think made Jamal not trust the game show host? And go with that separate answer. I mean, wasn't it a memory? I can't remember that specific it memory w- type. I think it. it was. But So what had happened. So if you what don't. What was that question? It was the. It was the famous, who, like the, something about a cricketer. I know nothing about cricket. It was like someone who's like one of the most famous guys in shots. I don't remember. Oh, yeah, because he he had met him. Yeah, because he had met him or something like that. No. So because what had happened was shortly before then, he had found Latika Mm -hmm. for like the third or fourth time at this point. Um, And she's with one of the top gang leaders. She's there as his personal house person or whatever. I don't know. One of the lackeys. Girlfriend. Girlfriend, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, It's a weird thing. And um, the cricket is on the TV. 
and he's in, he's in the room. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. And so I couldn't tell if I'm like, okay, I didn't hear a name actually being called because I think the guy was Jack Hobbs. Um, I remember that because it was a name I could remember and it wasn't long. Right. And if he's given that one and when he does the 50-50, he's given the one between the answer, the false answer from the game show host. And then the correct answer. And so my question is, I'm like, okay, I don't think the name was ac- the name was actually ever mentioned on the TV. So I'm like, okay, what made him not trust him? I just, I can't figure out why. Oh, I think he just knew the answer. And intuition. He was just like, yeah. yeah, intuition. He, he knew the answer. And, like, you could see the doubt on his face a little bit. Like, is this the right answer? It's like, eh. <laughs> and at this 50. point, like, he, he, the only reason he's on the show is to get her attention. Yeah. So it's just like, he, he's so relaxed about it. He, like, th- well, he's not relaxed about anything except being on the show. He doesn't care about the money. Yeah. Which again is a Dixentian. Dixentian? Dixentian, whatever. Uh, Charles (laughs) Dickens uh, theme. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with you though. That was actually also a really good scene of looking at him and kind of being like, haha, screw you, dude. (laughs) You cannot take me down that easily. And then the game show host's face of like, you sure? Uh, (laughs) I will also say, I like. Can this move on perfectly into characters? Because we'd already talked a little bit about characters. I some of my, like two of my favorite side characters were the producers of the show, um, of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and they're kind of like figuring out. It's like, okay, what's the, what's Jamal gonna do next? And they're rooting for Jamal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just like, okay, what's this guy gonna do next? And they don't have many scenes, but they're just really excited for him, <laughs> as everyone else yeah. except for the game show host in India. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so characters have as you can see have a lot of questions on just Salim but before I dive head deep into Salim's complexity and why he's my favorite in this entire movie what character stood out to you mm. game show host granted he had very little <laughs> character development uh Salim did and I know Salim's your answer so I'm yes. just gonna go for the game show host um I'm letting you go in all yeah, out right now I just, <laughs> before I uh, dive head deep he was just so he was up and down because he's he's charismatic he's naturally charismatic on the screen so you know you get like this cathartic response when he helps jamal quote unquote and then when he doesn't it's like ice in your veins Mm -hmm. like okay this guy's a little bit of a turd like okay uh he's probably one of my favorite characters uh for a very brief time he has uh character development but let's hear more about salim Mm -hmm. i will say though on the game show host real quick He's also the reason why he he accused Jamal of cheating. Mm-hmm. And I think he did. I personally think he just did that out of jealousy because he's mm-hmm. one of the most well-known men in India. And he's mm-hmm. just like, oh, if he wins, he's going to be the most well-known man. But that's mm. that. <sighs> Salim, welcome to this segment. I like to call Sarah's ramblings on <laughs> Salim. Now, he, Salim Malik, Jamal's older brother. I have so much to say on him and a lot of questions I also want to ask you. And again, all of them, I think about yeah, 90% of the questions I have listed on here is Salim and Jamal's relationship and just everything, and Latika and how, who Salim is. Now, Salim is my favorite character in this film, strictly for the fact of his complexity and his redemption arc at the end. Mm-hmm. Because all in all, Salim's a really kind of a bad dude. Like, he's, yeah, not, he's he, not a good person in a lot yeah. of areas. <laughs> and it kind of start and you can you definitely see it when they're like age 
five and I how I don't know I know Salim is older but I just don't know how uh, much like older. two or three years like, so, so like yeah seven, like a good eight. like yeah two three years so like not that much older it's kind of like our age difference a bit and it, it start and I always think that Salim was jealous of Jamal for a variety of reasons and I think it kind of and it's, I, th- I think it started when they were kids because you have at the beginning of the film um where Jamal yeah Salim basically has like a little outhouse or whatever and people pay him to go use the outhouse and so Jamal is currently in there and doing the business and Salim comes up with a, as a customer and he's telling Jamal hey get out I have a customer excuse me and Jamal's just like I've taken a crap man like there's no time limit on this thing and then the customer then takes his money and leaves because he's like I can't wait for him when I really have to use the bathroom and then all of a sudden one of the big most popular um one of the most famous men in India he's in their in their area and so and so Jamal's just like oh this is great I'm gonna go out there get an autograph because he has his photo and Jamal not Jamal and then Salim being Salim he blocks the door so Jamal cannot go get out cannot get out and and go see this actor I can't think of the actor's name or the famous actor's name so what Jamal then does he then goes down into the outhouse and gets covered in crap goes up to him which by the way is uh like he falls down yeah. goes under it <laughs> I want to say I'm like I'm trying to keep Takes this through all the poop <laughs> yeah I'm trying there's a word I want to call like what he did but i'm also trying to keep this podcast yeah. like gpg so i can't yeah. say it um basically really uh uh what's the word i'm looking for it's not the word that i'm thinking that i can't say a uh, frick gutsy move yeah Th- that's the word i'm looking for and which because he is a five because look when you think about it, it's a five-year-old went down by the way this five-year-old Jamal dedicated mm-hmm. very, and Jamal actually in itself is just a very when he sets his sight on something he very much is like I'm gonna go make sure I reach that goal gets in crap like dumps goes in crap take and then find for some reason the photo is also not covered in crap and I don't know how or why <laughs> he goes up to the actor and he's like can I have your autograph the autograph and the actor's just like all right sure he doesn't care that this five-year-old child is covered fully covered head to toe in crap and then so he gets the autograph jamal he holds up that photo being like yeah i got this so he's just so happy he's telling his mom about it his mom is frustrated that he's covered in crap and he's being washed salim being salim and this is where i think the jealousy first started he i think that salim was jealous the fact that jamal got an autograph and everything like that and he took the autograph and he sold it to someone and jamal finds out he's just like why'd you do that that was mine he's just like well he offered me money i took and he laughs it off thinking it's a good thing like whatever i don't care and so that's where i think the jealousy stemmed from he's like you got something that i wanted and you can see at his face when jamal first got the autograph that Slim's just like hmm like why why'd you have to get that and so i think that's a little bit of sibling jealousy there and so for, before i continue on with my good old rambling do you mm-hmm. agree with that statement that, oh, Salim, that Salim was jealous of 100%. jamal do you think it goes as far back as that oh totally totally okay good uh so kind of kind of a little bit going on this jealousy train. I'm trying to keep all my thoughts in line. You have the riots then. Then they meet Latika. Um, then the three of them become three musketeers. Well, Jamal and Tika thing. But like, oh, we're three musketeers. Salim doesn't really like Latika for whatever reason. 
and it's very interesting because you have that one scene to where um Salim is jealous and you can see it then the uh attack the Bombay riots happen and everything like that and then all of a sudden Salim kind of gets this sort of brotherly protection of despite being seven eight years old over five-year-old Jamal and be like no we're gonna it's gonna be the two of us we're gonna be good and he kind of does everything he or he thinks he's doing what he can to protect him. He's like, we're not going to bring in Latika until he finally relents and she comes and join them. So you have that. And then at some point or another, they get into this gang. So I'm just telling you this entire movie because a lot of it does revolve with Salim. So again, major spoilers. At some point or another, they get involved with this gang guy named Amon, who's basically... He's a gangster. He takes in children, orphans specifically, trains them to be beggars, get money. He will blind them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once Salim finds out that he's like physically hurting all of them, Salim takes Jamal, then takes Jamal and Latika, and they're like, okay, we got to get out of here. And so he definitely does protect them, but then he leaves Latika behind, which I don't, that is one thing I don't understand is why he decided to leave Latika behind. And do you have an answer to that? Like um, on the train. Do you know what I mean? I'm talking he never about? really liked her. Uh, I think part of it was her and Jamal got along really well, so he was jealous of that. Yeah. So, so he wanted to do what he did with the picture and remove the object of jealousy. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, it's just the two of us against the world, when therefore we are equal. Yeah. And yeah, you know, I can agree with that because one of the main things is like, was he jealous because of Latika? Sibling, like, was it just regular sibling jealousy? Another underlying reason? Because it's definitely a very complex and interesting relationship. Um, because I will say, and I think we can both agree as because siblings only two years in between us. It's like there definitely has been like some jealousy moments, but I don't think we have either of us have ever allowed it to. Yeah, something fully like that. Cloud no. or <laughs> judgment, like Especially it was never. So, to does the, later. Oh yeah, it was never to this extreme because we were like, yeah, kind of maybe slightly jealous, but we're not going to you know like totally screw you over right. because. I love you. Right. You're my brother. You're my flesh and blood. I'm going to help you however I can, even if you drive me up the freaking wall half the time. <laughs> and so it kind of just starts with that. And then it's like, okay, jealousy, but then brotherly love, but then jealousy again. It's very weird and complex. And you slowly see Jamal get more and more upset with his brother. And so at one point when it's years later, that's just the two of them. And at one point, and at one point Jamal's just like, I want to find Latika. Like, and then Jamal, no and then Salim's just like okay fine like we'll go find her they later find her they realize she is um raised becoming uh, a prostitute with Maman and Jamal I couldn't tell if Jamal had then all of a sudden oh look he sees Latika as a woman now because they're teenagers therefore or like early teens therefore like I find her attractive and I want her in I couldn't really figure out what was going on in that particular part but they find Latika they rescue her and then in and then at one point Jamal no not Jamal Salim kills Maman then gets involved with gangs with the the, the gangs the Javid Javed Javid something like that yeah one of the like any Indian listeners out there I am so sorry for for butchering these names like I am very very sorry I'm a five foot two white girl <laughs> <laughs> who took French in high school that is the that is as much as I can as I can do um. And then that one, then he comes involved with this. And then at one point he goes back to like, they're staying at like a rundown hotel or something, the three of them. Um, Cause Salim leaves, hunts down this gangster, gets involved with the gangs, leaving Jamal and Latika there. And they're like, you know, we're gonna have a good life. 
we're gonna we're gonna make some good money we're gonna do well for us like and they're like planning out the life they're thinking i'm gonna do well salim then comes back and he tells jamal to leave and hit leave him with latika and he basically and he basically just kicks him out mm-hmm. and one of my main things is what made him do that did he do it because he wants to protect Jamal? Did he do it because he wanted to be with Latika? Well, yeah, he wanted to bang Latika, which he ended up doing. <laughs> um, and PG. then Jamal was just PG. Like, yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, and then Jamal was just like, screw you. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think um, I don't think Salim thought Jamal would have left left. I thought he thought Jamal would just take it again. But Jamal was just like, I'm through taking it from you. I'm yeah. just going to leave. Because you see that Jam- that Salim kind of takes advantage of Jamal in a lot of yeah. areas. And he, would you consider Jam- not Jamal, uh, Salim self-centered? Oh, 100%. He's super self-centered. Yeah. I mean, it's, I would, been, it's definitely established yeah, so I, far. I don't think he's narcissistic, but I think he's definitely self-centered. No, he's, he's just, he's driven by jealousy. And he ends up, yeah, well, his character arc ends up finishing yeah. with him regretting he's, it yeah. and paying for a lot of his sins. Yeah, he then, and so, and then Jamal just kind of looks at him like, and then Latika then says, like, no, Jamal, leave. And my thing with, I have a, kind of a thing on that. Um, which I'll get back to, is years later, then you have, eight, they're what, eight between, they're all between the ages of 18 and 21. Jamal has been on his own. He doesn't know where Latika and Salim is. He has not really even tried to contact them because he's so pissed at Salim. I don't, I couldn't tell if he was angry at Latika or not that first time around because in my head, I would have. I mean, she didn't really have a choice. Salim had a gun and he was uh, more oh, than willing yeah. to use it. <laughs> oh, I, oh, yeah. Wait, I forgot about that. Yeah, he was like you threatening know, him and stuff Oh, yeah, because like he, threat- he threatened his brother with a gun. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Ben, I love you. Like, if you piss me off, I'm probably gonna just going to yell at you and curse you out <laughs> like we usually do. I'm not going to raise a weapon at you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not going to go to that extreme. Yeah. And I'd like to think and I like that you would never do that to me as Other well. Other days, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like you want to look at me like, I want to strangle you. <laughs> it's sibling love. We do love each other, I swear. <laughs> Um, but I don't, my thing is, I don't understand why Jamal was only mad at Salim, but not Latika in that one instance. Eh, she couldn't really help it. I mean, what else was she going to, she, it, it was going to be a conflict at that, like it, someone she, was going to get really hurt because Salim was also kind of drunk with a gun, threatening people and she, and cause he it had was a sense like, of power. yeah, exactly. She was like, well, this is my life now. I might as well make sure Jamal, no one gets hurt. Yeah. And so I guess for her, it would be a sense of, like, I'm just, I just want to make sure he's safe. Yeah, exactly. I will say, Latika and Jamal, the only thing that they really want is for the, each other to be safe. Mm-hmm. They don't really care about anything else. Salim is... Salim. Yeah. So we get, a couple years later, Jamal then finds Salim. And when he finds Salim, the first thing he does is punch him. What is wrong with you? You're my brother. You just left me. And Salim kept saying, he's like, oh, my mom's guys were after me. They were after me. They were after me. Like, he keeps using that as an excuse. So do you believe that excuse? Because I don't. No. Do no. Th- I think he was just afraid. Do you think that Salim... So, okay. So, then I, I kind of answers my question then. Because I'm like, okay, should Salim then have contacted or tracked Jamal down afterwards? Or was he because he was so afraid and cowardly? I think, yeah, I think he was just afraid because he knew that what he was like, he majorly effed up. My... I always... I kind of had maybe like a somewhat of a theory, but then I kind of disregarded it is like is it his maybe his own way of protecting him because at this point salim is heavily embedded in javi's right gang. right and so like maybe him not contacting was like possibly a way to protect him 
But then at the same time, it's like, no, he was just kind of scared to face his brother. But that's like, no, I screwed up. I have not seen my brother in years. Maybe if I don't face him, I never will have to face these things. Exactly. Again, it's probably both. I mean, I didn't think about the protection part, but now I think about it. Like, because he does, except for one moment, that one moment with the gun where yeah. he's threatening Jamal, he actually does do his best to protect Jamal. Yeah, he does. So that's why it's like weird sibling jealousy, brotherly love towards like, I'm so jealous of you, but at the same time, you're my brother, therefore I must protect you. Right. But then willingly will point a gun at his brother just so he can get with a girl, mm-hmm. which is just like, what in the world? And then you get towards the end where um, he asks Jamal for forgiveness and, so, and Jamal is just like, I'm not going to forgive you. There's no like it like I will never forgive you and if I do it will take a lot. Mm-hmm. Um and then at the end and then at the end, Salim he helps Latika escape because I think he realizes I screwed up. Because they're both watching the show of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, uh, with Jamal in there. And I think he may have had I think it was somewhere in there, I don't exactly know when, that he realizes my he's like I he's like he just wants to be with Latika. He's like, that's the only thing he really ever wanted. Mm-hmm. what and for her to be safe and to everything be okay and that's kind of when he has that realization and you tell and he gives latika his car keys and she he says go and she's just like well you're gonna you know die he, he's gonna kill you and he's just like i will take care of him like you you will find jamal take my phone and go mm-hmm. <laughs> and then towards the end which i will say i like oh so one of my other favorite scenes is at the end is salim's ending to where he dumps all the money that Javid has there, dumps it into a bathtub, sits in the bathtub, waiting for the guys to, waiting for Javid and his men to come get him because they realize, because he's supposed to look after Latika and then when they realize she's gone, they're like, what in the world? And he's just sitting in there with his gun, mm-hmm. like as they're coming in. And it's, I feel like it's a weirdly symbolic to where um, Salim has everything that he could want. He has power, he has woman, he has money and in the end he's just like the, i'm thinking that's when he realizes my brother is not speaking to me and he said he will never forgive me none of this is worth it i will right. like i'm going to die and protect him mm-hmm. rather than let that there and i think that's one of the biggest redemption arcs that he ever has right right and well not biggest it is his redemption arc yeah. and i think it also because it makes me realize it's like nothing is worth all of my every i focus everything kind of on myself like because he really did even though he did a lot of stuff to protect his brother such as i'm going to because when when they were kids like i'm going to take jamal jamal and latika away from Maman because Maman is hurting gonna hurt us but then at the end he realized he's jealous of latika that he feels like she's taking jamal away from him and he's like oh therefore if i take her away take away mm-hmm. the object of jealousy it'll just be the two of us so it all circles back around to him and him being so self-centered right, right and not realizing i need to stop putting myself first and put my brother first and realize he is the most important person in my life so because their mom's dead their father they don't really talk about the father i'm assuming he's dead or it's just the left is not in the picture and so it's just the two of them it hasn't seen them in years he's like I have nothing else to lose as long as my brother is safe. That is the only thing. And there's, you can tell there, he gains nothing from this. The only thing he gains is I, and, and then Salim's dead because he did, does get shot dead. But um, so do a lot of Javid's men. And so that his major redemption arc. And that is what I just love about his complexity. And I always wondered, like, okay, what made Salim change his heart? And I think it was just, think watching that show and, wa- and just seeing Jamal 
and knowing that Jamal is not on the show for money, for financial gain. Mm-hmm. He's on there because he knows Latika, like, watches the show. And I think that's when he realizes, like, I would much rather make sure he's okay than right. do everything else. And I'm just reiterating and so that is my entire diatribe of Salim and his complexity and everything like that I, and I do have one thing on the cop is what made do you what do you think made the cop believe Jamal in the end of like he's not okay this kid's like there's uh, no way there's no way guy. you can he's, make up a story this like complex. meandering yeah because <laughs> he just kind of thinks about it he's just like you know this oddly enough all makes sense yeah yeah so I do have one thing on Latika because I have a very love-hate relationship on her she was definitely needed for the story to work. Yeah, but she worked. She was more of a plot device than an actual character. Exactly. In order to, um, and she kind of like led Jamal into like these answers, and then the reasoning for Jamal and Salim's like, I guess a better ending. Even though Salim is dead, now I'm thinking about it. What like, what do you think Jamal's reaction would be knowing that his brother is now dead and he died to protect him? I have no like, idea. That is one of those uh, like would he feel, one of those questions that didn't get answered. Would he feel bad because it's like, oh, I'm the reason? My I think he'd forgive dead. him. Or I don't think he'd feel bad, bad, but I think he'd forgive him because I mean that's all all Jamal's doing is correcting some sins that he did not just against Jamal but Latika because he failed Latika. Mm-hmm. He didn't protect her. I guess if I was in that situation, say for instance that you did something so horrific that it would that I would take so much for me to forgive you. And then you die. I would feel like crap because I'm like, he died knowing that I was not going to forgive him for anything like that. Mm. I would not. I would feel for me personally, I would feel the pit in my stomach and that would live in me. So my thing is like, do you think Jamal would feel that way? Or do you think think towards interesting? Probably. You sound hesitant. I I do. I don't know. That's interesting. I'd have to. I'd have to think about that. I think that's one of those questions better left unanswered. Yeah, because Jamal, like I said, yeah, and Jamal is a very just average guy. Of like, I just want to. Honestly, he's just he's just straight up like, I just want to be with Latika, man, and like not have to worry about anything. Mm-hmm. That's like the main thing. And okay. Also, do you think like the Latika and Jamal love story? Do you think it could have still the movie could have still been the same without that love story? Do you think that love story was needed? It was order? definitely needed. I mean, that was his like, uh, that was the holy grail he was chasing after the exactly. entire movie. That's why she, why he was. Yes, yeah, so, like, like I said, oh, she's a plot device, there, not a character. <laughs> exactly. So like, I would say like, I guess the two main characters would be Jamal and Salim, because Salim is definitely not a plot device by any stretch of the means. And on that note, thank you for listening to us on Tonight Moving. Of course, my ramblings on Salim and his complexity. Uh, hopefully, I was not talking too fast or bore you to death. Thank you all again. Once, thank you all once again for joining us. Hope to see you next week. Bye, guys.